Hey gorgeous, having trouble losing weight? Feeling tired, brain foggy, and just plain not like yourself? And you know your hormones are a part of the problem, but your doctor really doesn't have any answers for you and says it's normal for your age. The truth is, if you're a woman and not in tip top 100% shape, then your hormones are always a part of the problem and you need to be properly tested and treated. You could be suffering from hormonal poverty and that's a horrible place to live. Go now to thehormoneclub.com and find out how you can qualify to get your hormone levels properly tested and treated via telemedicine in your state provided by board certified medical doctors. At thehormoneclub.com, we know that every woman deserves to be hormonally rich and enjoy all the benefits that this brings. At thehormoneclub.com, you'll get what you need to lose weight, regain energy, balance your hormones and your moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife. See you at thehormoneclub.com. You're listening to Her Brilliant Health Radio, episode number 20. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to Her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. It's Dr. Kieran here with another episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. I'd like you to help me welcome a special guest today who's talking about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I think it's one of the most important topics in healthcare today, whether it's holistic healthcare or mainstream healthcare. This is a topic you need to know about. It could be the difference between you being healthy or not healing or not, dying soon or not. So please help me welcome my guest, Dr. Meg Hayworth. And I'll tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Meg Hayworth is the number one bestselling author of Get Well Now and host of the podcast, Get Well Soon. Dr. Meg is a holistic psychologist and nutritional strategist who helps female abuse survivors heal their histories and their health. As a survivor of significant trauma and illness, Dr. Meg knows what it takes to overcome life's biggest challenges and has helped thousands of women do the same over two decades. Featured on NBC Nightly News, the Los Angeles Times, and the Huffington Post, she focuses on helping female abuse survivors heal their histories and their health. The link between our histories and our health has been confirmed by science through the ACE study that started in 1995. More to come on that later. Using her whole person integration technique, Dr. Meg offers total wellness solutions to women seeking true health and healing. Welcome, Dr. Meg. Thank you so much for having me on here. I'm very excited, always excited to have this discussion with people and and uh, enlighten them and, and help them make links between what's happening in their lives and their bodies and uh, what what's possible for their healing. Yes, and I know that you come by the work that you do very honestly, having experienced lots of health challenges and traumas in your life. I think it's very important for people to know why you're passionate about doing the work that you do. So could you share your story with everyone? 
Yeah, uh, my story is, uh, it's, it's actually long and involved. It goes back to early childhood um, where I had, um, uh, I, was, I drowned when I was two. I was sexually abused by several different people as a child. Um, I dealt with um, all different types of abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Um, and then uh, eventually, by the time I was in my early 20s, I started, I was in and out of doctor's offices with ulcers and irritable bowel syndrome and migraine headaches that would last for weeks and TMJ so horrible. I couldn't open my mouth, had to take my food through a straw. And um, just, uh, I know a lot of people have the story of you're just sitting in the doctor's office, you're getting another, another diagnosis, you're getting um, an illness uh, from the side effects from medications that you're on, you're on five, six different meds, you're depressed. PTSD, those were two other parts of my story, um, or of the illnesses that I had. So um, it was in my late 20s, I was 27, when I finally uh, had a moment, a turning point moment, where I took my healing into my own hands. Uh, That was the most important thing that I I did, was to begin that journey. And that was from a... um, uh, an article in the Washingtonian Magazine. I'm from D.C. originally and now in Los Angeles. But um, I was reading this article and it was talking about uh, chiropractic care. And as I was reading the article, I um, started thinking about how a chiropractor could help so-and-so. And uh, it clicked with me that I was so focused on helping others that I wasn't helping myself. So that's when I took my healing into my own hands. I called up a friend who'd been raving about her chiropractor and I started going and everything changed. I mean, just, she got me into, um, see a nutritionist. Um, and so she got me into that, into yoga and meditation and, and all these different healing modalities that I had previously thought were, you know, just hype or, you know, woo-woo wasn't really a term back then, but, you know, a lot of people use that now, um, that there would be too out there and I wouldn't try it. But I was so, I really was open to trying anything um, at that point. You just get to a point where you just can't take it anymore. And I just hope that I can get people before they get to that point, you know, before they get to that they say pain pushes you until your vision pulls you. And I think it's true for your health. And a lot of the clients that I talk with, I was just doing a complimentary discovery session with someone on the phone earlier. And she really has been pushed by her pain. And I think that people really need a lot of pain to seek something outside the mainstream healthcare. It sounds like you certainly had that. And what was it that changed your health when you started going to the chiropractor? He had you see a nutritionist, for instance. What kind of changes did you make that made an impact on your health? And then what other techniques and tools did he use with you that helped move the needle on your health? Yeah, um, it was, um, well, the chiropractic itself helped tremendously. Um, and uh, uh at first it was very painful and it was very difficult to do. Um, but as the pain started to ease up, that was a huge piece of it. But, um, the nutrition piece was, was really huge because I didn't realize I was allergic to gluten and to dairy. I was, um, 
sugar sensitive. My sugar numbers were so high that um, she said it was the worst case of leaky gut syndrome she'd ever seen. And at that point, leaky gut was not in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, The Western medical community just said it was, you know, a made up diagnosis, you know, and now it's like, it's, it's out there in the conversation, you know, and this was, so this was like 25 years ago. So that, uh, so diet was a big thing that moved the needle for me, but then it, it, I started to notice, well, I still had a lot of anxiety. I still had a lot of fear. I still had a lot of trauma that needed to be unwound in my body. Um, I wasn't thinking of it that way. I just was still, um, still in pain, you know, um, and still needed help. So, um, so I, I'd been in, in traditional psychotherapy and I eventually found transpersonal psychology and that's what did it really rapidly did it and why I ended up becoming one of a transpersonal psychologist myself. So tell everybody what transpersonal psychology is and how it helps people. Okay. Um, holistic psychology is probably a better way to put it because it okay. takes into account the mind, the body and the spirit all as one unit. Um, Transpersonal, I like to say the differences between traditional and transpersonal. Um, Traditional psychology is about pathology, treatment of disorders, looking at what's wrong with you, and using medications to help you, um, and and specific therapies to help you as well based on your diagnosis. Transpersonal psychology operates very differently, where it doesn't look at what's wrong with you Although that's a piece of it, it looks at what's right with you. What are your skills, your talents, your abilities? Um, what are your, what's your unique contribution that you could be making to the world that you might have buried underneath all of the should haves, the would haves, the could haves, the what you're you're told your your family's told you you should do, what society's told you you should do, and really listening to that deep inner voice inside of you, learning how to do that, first of all, um, so that you can make decisions from that place and you can create a life that's more of, that has purpose and meaning. Um, And that just, uh, that made a huge difference for me um, when I started living that life as opposed to the life that I was told I should be living. So can you share with us personally, really, you mentioned pain, what kind of pain were you having and really what your life was like, and then any insights that you picked up and really how your paradigm shifted through all of this treatment that got you on the other side. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, You know, it was a a step-by-step process that I was in the middle of and didn't, you know, you can see it when you look back at it kind of thing, but um, the kind of pain I was in was all of me. I was in every kind of pain you can imagine. So my entire body hurt from head to toe. Um, uh, I was stiff. There were times where I'd be in in bed for up to two weeks at a time on uh, muscle uh, muscle relaxers and painkillers and antidepressants. Anti, they actually had me on these antipsychotic meds to help with vertigo because it got so extreme that I had to crawl across the floor to get to the bathroom. So, and then the emotional pain was 
unbelievable. I mean, it was just, I didn't want to be here. And my body was really reflecting that back. I wanted to die. But what I really wanted was I wanted to die to the pain that I was in. I wanted to die to that old life of the who I thought I was so that I could become who I was meant to be. Um, and that was when I started to understand that trajectory and what that meant, that's where things rapidly changed. Um, and again, that was through uh, transpersonal psychology. They're really looking at um, the who, who am I? Why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? And how can I be of service to others? That made a massive change. I love that because i that's one of the key points that I work with people on when they're healing is what is your purpose here? I do believe that we each have a unique purpose that we are meant to fulfill in our lifetime. And that if we don't fulfill, actually, it doesn't ever get fulfilled because nobody else can fit our unique blueprint or fingerprint. So I love that aspect of psychology. And what insights did you have about your purpose and what your intent was in being here? Um, gosh, I'd already had so many experiences that I couldn't explain that people would term as mystical. Um, and I'd had them my whole life. And I was really terrified of them because I was told I should be. And so that was a big part of my learning was, was learning about um, what those experiences were. And, uh, you know, just I would just know things about people without being able to tell you how I knew them. I would have dreams that would predict something that happened. Actually, is it happened in my dream? Um, there were all kinds of those types of experiences. And, you know, just modern society was very much like, well, that's, if you can't experience it with your five senses, then there's something wrong with you. And that was one of the things I loved about transpersonal. It's like, no, this is a gift. This is something brilliant that you have to serve the world with. First, serve yourself, and then you can help others. Um, but it was learning about how to use those abilities that really change things around. And so a lot of people that I attract into my practice have had that as their backstory as well, where they've, they're like, I have this, this mystical stuff and I just try to push it away. I drink a lot of wine to, to shut it down or whatever it is, you know, when it's, it's, it is your brilliant, it's a really important piece of your brilliant gift and contribution to the world. And so I help people uh, access that and, and learn to love that part of yourself. Awesome. I love that. And, and I don't want to let that go by about the wine because there are a lot of women, it's become popularized to drink a lot of wine all the time. I even was appalled. I don't watch TV and I was in an office the other day and they had the Today Show on and these women are drinking wine at nine o'clock in the morning. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So it's been popularized. But a lot of times for women who do that, what is that voice that you're shutting down, that inner voice that you can't hear? Alcohol absolutely numbs that. So can you share with everybody listening, they may be familiar with traditional forms of psychotherapy, like you mentioned, that are problem focused. You go in, you sit down on the couch. I've experienced this. And you just talk about the problem. 
over and over and over and over again. And the success rates for that are pretty dismal long term. Obviously, cognitive behavioral therapy probably improves outcome. But the type of therapy that you're talking about really in the long term is way more successful in helping people heal from anxiety and depression. And these chronic illnesses that really are fueling our appetite for medications in the mainstream. So can you talk to people about how a session looks different and how a program looks different for someone going through that? Yeah, it's it's very different um, because we're not sitting and spinning in our stories, and that's that is important when you first start to to do your work. You know, I think um, talking about the stories is important. But I've had people that came in to work with me. I didn't know about their stories because they weren't ready to share them. But what they were ready to do was to go in to the emotions at the bottom of the story. And so that's a big piece of what I work with people on is, is I have my whole person integration technique that goes directly to the emotions, where they are in the body. Because again, it's a holistic method. It's a holistic experience. Um, so they can start to see, well, I have stomach pain and it's associated with this anger that I'm feeling. And the anger happens to be associated with my relationship with my, my mom or my dad or my sister or whoever, you know, um, and then they can start to see how all of the pieces fit together in a puzzle, sort of like a tapestry. Um, and then as they see that, they're able to, to say, oh, okay, I see how I'm holding that anger. I see how it's holding me back. I see how it's affecting my stomach. I can let that go. And so it's the letting go and transforming of the emotions in the body that does the healing and it's so rapid acting that people start to see that the experience in their lives begins to shift dramatically. So things that they were attached to before, things that used to upset them, don't upset them anymore. They just don't have the emotional trigger response that they used to have um, because they're, they're, they're letting it go. So it's sort of like a process of self-forgiveness and it goes directly to the root of it. Um, yeah, I love that it's it's really focused. Yes, you have to tell the story, but what I want everybody listening to understand is that emotions from trauma, especially when we have childhood trauma, are often not properly processed and felt because adults may not be sensitive to how to help children process traumatic emotions. And when I say trauma, we should probably talk about defining trauma. For a young child, it could be something as simple as the parent left to go out for the evening and left the child with a babysitter and a child can actually perceive that as trauma, which just means an overwhelming stress to the emotional system. So it doesn't have to be what some people consider traumatic being beaten physically or sexually abused or emotionally abused, although those are forms of trauma, it can be very small. So most of us have probably experienced trauma in one way or another as children. And so when these emotions are not properly processed, the emotion is energy in motion, their feelings in motion, they're actually felt systemically, and they need to work their way through and be discharged. And I think it's estimated that 
uh, on average, uh, an emotion of sadness or anger will be processed within 90 seconds if it's properly dealt with at the time. But when we don't allow that to happen, when we're a child and we're upset because our mother went to the symphony without us and we're given a cookie and that emotion is aborted, it gets stuck in our physical body. And it will stay there and actually generate itself, the emotion of sadness or fear or upset, whatever it was, repeatedly over and over and over again. And it collects with all the other unfelt emotions and unprocessed emotions. So here we arrive in adulthood and we have this tank full of unprocessed emotions, most of us, a lot of us. And what we're going to get into is talking about the ACE study that showed that adverse childhood events really are linked to health problems. And so what Dr. Meg is getting at is that this type of therapy really starts looking in to release those emotions and allow them to be processed and felt so they can get out of your body because you got to let that energy out so then those triggers aren't there, that reservoir isn't there, and you can feel and move on. I hope I'm summarizing it well. You're doing a beautiful job, <laughs> a beautiful job. I can tell this is very much a piece of your your work as well, for sure. Well, it is, and I come by it honestly, too, having experienced lots of childhood trauma as well. And so I've kind of had to follow the breadcrumb trail to figure these things out and untangle this for myself because mainstream medicine really doesn't have a path. But Russell Vander Hulk has written uh, The Body Keeps the Score, and you've got Peter Levine who wrote Waking the Tiger and lots of other works, and they have processes to release these uh, traumas from the body, and really that's a necessary part of healing, and it sounds like it was for you too. Yeah, absolutely it was. You know, the emotions, um, I like what you said about um, it's energy. It's really energy in motion and it's stuck in your body and we carry it forward and it determines so many things in our lives on the unconscious that we don't realize it's running the show. Um, You know, we act out in so many ways. One of the things I talk about is the effects of victimization um, and how, uh, you know, the, the effects illness is a major effect of victimization as you know, we just started talking about the ACE study a little bit. Let me go a little bit more into that. But the Adverse yeah. Childhood Experiences study, it's the largest public health study ever done. Um, and it was done, in, uh, it's still ongoing uh, at Kaiser Permanente in San Diego, California. It's been done all over the world as well in, in other um, uh, mock studies. But um, what they did is they started to look at, um, well, it started from Dr. Vincent Folletti had a clinic for obese, uh, morbidly obese people. And so these, he started to notice this pattern of people would come in, they would go through the program, they would lose 100 pounds because these people were like three, four, 500 pounds. And they would lose 100 pounds and then they would stop. And it just kept happening. People just kept dropping out of the program. So he started asking them questions. Um, and one of the questions was about, you know, how much did you weigh because they were all weight-based questions how much did you weigh um, during your first sexual experience and one woman said 40 pounds and he was like oh 
And he kept seeing this more and more that there was a major connection between obesity and sexual abuse as a child. So, you know, because 40 pounds, we're looking at, you know, a kid. So, um, and that can be devastating, you know, then they want to put the padding on to, to make themselves no longer sexy or attractive. They don't want sexual experiences. So they're, they're literally padding themselves from that because it's now fear-based. And so um, anyway, so the adverse childhood experiences study takes into account um, three different types of abuse, so physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, and five different types of family dysfunction. Um, because they started asking all these other questions, you know, like the effects of uh, divorce on the child or abandonment, uh, a, a parent with mental illness, um, parents with um, alcoholism or drugs in the home, um, uh, you know, addictions in general. Um, let's see, there was also incarceration of a parent, um, neglect, you know, parents that just couldn't show up for themselves because so in a lot of these, there's a lot of inner overlapping um, things, you know, because if you have a parent who's neglectful, they might also be depressed and mentally ill. And they might also be, you know, the father might be beating up the mother. So there could be all of those things going on. Um, so the ACE quiz, Adverse Childhood Experiences quiz, is a simple 10 question quiz It's on my website where you can get your ACE score and that can help you assess your risk of um, your, your health and also help you connect. I think making the connections is really powerful when you look at, um, okay, these things happened and now I'm sick. Okay, I can see that there's a connection between these two. It's been shown by science. You've gone through it. I've gone through it. Millions of people have gone through this or going through this. But the good news is the best news is you can release it and you can heal it. And that's where that's my great joy in life and great passion is to help people with that. Yeah, I think the ACE study is, is fairly revolutionary and they've finally put into black and white print what I think a lot of us who are true healers have known for a long time that there is a mental, emotional, spiritual component and that trauma does affect it. I know adult children of alcoholics, it's not just adult children of alcoholics, it's also over religious families or parents who had mental disorders or were physically ill. So dysfunctional families of all types um, kind of incubate and breathe these uh, illnesses that can occur in people as well as uh, mental, emotional, social dysfunctions. And so finally to have it in black and white and we can say, see it's true and then have processes I think is really revolutionary. Although what is your observation about what mainstream medicine has done with the ACE study in terms of clinical utility? You know, um, what I've come to understand is that a lot of doctors still don't think it's an important study. They don't take it into account in their practices. Um, they're not sure what to do with it. Of course, you know, they're going to refer them to other people in the medical field, um, which certainly has its value and efficacy to a point. Um, you know, so you'll end up um, in therapy and on psych meds and those kinds of things. Um, 
you know, and at one point I was there too. It was 15 years of therapy before I even found transpersonal psychology. Um, and there was so much use and value, but I got to tell you the, the, the therapists, um, the therapists that I had that were the best mm-hmm. were the ones that also had a, um, a holistic perspective, you know, where they looked at mind, body, soul, like, how are you feeding your soul, you know, meditating, you know, something they would prescribe and talk about. Um, listening to that internal voice is something they would help me with. So those were, were really, really valuable therapists. And there are more and more therapists like that today, which is fantastic. Yeah, there's so many varied types of therapists and there's so many certifications and trainings that they can go for that are specialized. I think it makes it very difficult for the average person to know how to navigate the system. You know, first you've got psychiatrists who are MDs who have some mental health training. And what I find generally nowadays is that they are prescribers. They prescribe medication. They do 15-minute med checks, most of them. They don't actually do therapy. And then you have people with master's degrees in whether it's licensed um, marriage and family therapist or they're social workers. There are all these different master degree programs, certificates. And then there are your PhDs. And then, like I said, there are even other certifications that they go can uh, acquire. How do you tell someone how to navigate all of this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's at the bottom of it all, it's your intuition. Listening on the inside, learning to listen to your own inner voice and what what feels right for you and what doesn't. And that can be really hard to do at the outset when you've got a lot of emotions coming up. You've got a lot of pain that you're in. Um, if this conversation that you and I are having really resonates you with you and you just feel like you just want to jump to get this kind of help, then jump. <laughs> That's what I ended up doing. Um, you know, and I, I can't say I was all that in tune with my intuition when I first started this. Um, I had buried it because it was, you know, something that you were supposed to bury because it was considered taboo to go there. Um, I grew up, you know, my mom was a scientist and um, my dad was a defense contractor, you know, very logical people. We ran to the doctor for every little thing. Um, tiny little sore throat, let's go to the doctor, let's get another antibiotic, you know, it was just constant, that it was what I grew up with, so I understand that world, and understand that, that fear of stepping outside of it, but I think you find so much power when you do that, when you just learn to listen to your own heart, and where it's guiding you, um, you know, it's easy, I think, you know, listening to well, my insurance doesn't cover this or, you know, I can't do this because of that. And I remember going through all of that. Um, and I ended up breaking out of that and just going, you know what? It, it was actually more expensive being sick in the system than it was being well and paying cash out of pocket for the help that I needed. Um, way less expensive. <laughs> so because I didn't have the expense to my health anymore. I wasn't laying in bed for two weeks anymore, losing all of that work and all of that life. Um, gosh, you know, just think about that, that 
horrifying depression I was in, I don't have it anymore. And I'm infinitely grateful that I stepped outside of that system and listened on the inside and created a path for myself that, that worked for me, you know? Yeah. Let, let's get something straight for everybody listening right now. You will never be optimally healthy if you're trying to get your insurance to pay for it. That's not what your health insurance does. It's basically ca- catastrophic emergency insurance. So if you're looking for your health insurance to keep you in tip top condition and achieve a normal weight and no pain and no medications. It's not going to happen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I have experienced exactly what Dr. Meg is talking about. It wasn't until I started viewing my expenses on healthcare as an investment in my most valuable asset, my health, that I really started to experience abundance in my health. And mm-hmm. I continue to invest in it because I want to continue to experience abundant health. And most likely the therapists that she's talking about who do the transpersonal psychology are not going to be on your insurance plan. So I'd like to dispel that, that myth right away and, uh, and help you to follow your intuition. I did want to add to something else you said about following your intuition. I do believe that God speaks through other people. And so talking to other people about what you're looking for and asking for recommendations, I think is invaluable as well as internet research. And then once you find someone you think you're interested in going and interviewing them, yes, you have the right to do that is key. And you really should not be charged for that. You should have a visit where you interview them. What are your views on X, Y, and Z? Have you treated A, B, and C? How do you manage E, F, and G? What would you do in this situation? Ask very pointed questions. And then if you like the answers you get, maybe make a commitment to go for three sessions and see what your intuition is telling you. Uh, But anything to add to that, Dr. Meg? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You just said so much rich content just then. I mean, people back it up, listen to you again. Um, You know, and and this is coming from an MD. So you've been on both sides of it, you know, and you saw what what heals and, and where you're best suited to be in which place, you know, so. Right. And the other thing that I want everyone to know is that your needs change on a regular basis. So just because a therapist might be right for you today and for the next six months doesn't mean they're right for you in a year. And so I always say health is a journey, not a destination. I think a lot of times in our medical system, one of the things that we've kind of been trained ourselves to do is park it and forget it. I find my doctor and that's my doctor for the rest of my life. But the truth Mm -hmm. is that we as physicians are fallible human beings and we don't know everything. And you're really probably better suited to switching not infrequently, just like you should switch your probiotics. That's a little aside. Um, But to get the best of what each physician has to offer, and particularly that when it comes to therapy, because you may go one leg of the journey with one person and then go another leg of the journey with the next person, because folks, the medical system doesn't have it all mapped out for you in a way that's easy to follow. And so it's really incumbent upon you to do the research and be your own health advocate and pilot. Uh, So what Dr. Meg is talking about is key. 
Anything to add on that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, when I looked at what I went through every time I had have another illness, I had fibromyalgia, I've got to, I'm going to heal this one now. When I was struck by lightning, I'm going to heal this one now. You know, all of these things that I was uh, faced with, um, I, I saw the pattern over and over again. What did I do each time? And this is um, just piggybacking on what you were saying is that the first thing that you will do is you will make a decision. And I'm not talking about, um, uh, oh, I think I'll do that kind of decision. I'm talking about a full on every cell, atom and molecule of your body is on board with this decision. And my decision is I'm going to heal this and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And as soon as you make that decision, exactly what you said will happen. People will come to you with all kinds of suggestions and ideas and books will come your way and you'll see billboards. I mean, it'll just be in your face everywhere you go. It's like, it's like there's this, this thing that you release when you decide you're going to do something fully and um, you find everything and everyone that you need. The money comes. It's unbelievable how the money comes. You make the appointment and then all of a sudden, you know, here's a check in the mail like you didn't expect, you know. It's just really amazing how um, it's, it's almost like the unseen forces are waiting for you to make a decision and uh, for you. You know, for your health, for your wellness, for your ability to overcome, because we've all got this feeling inside, inside of ourselves. So, right. So my goosebump meter's going off because you're speaking my language. The power of intention. Your thought processes are creative forces that harness the energies in the universe to manipulate situations to work out in your favor. So the minute you say yes, the minute you make the decision, decision means to cut away from, and you're cutting away from other alternatives, you're making a decision, you start harnessing that power and things start to unfold on the path of your well-being, like the fact that you're listening to us talking about this right now. Yeah, that's a there's a reason for that. It's not a coincidence. I get messages like that all the time. How about you? I'll turn on I don't watch TV, but I was at Thanksgiving at my sister's and they had the TV on and they had on some cooking competition. And one of the contestants was playing for a charity. And when he said the name of the charity, I knew it was a message for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was meant to go look it up and find out about that charity. And I did. And it, and it was just what I was looking for. Oh, okay. And so don't you have experiences yeah. like that all the time? All the time. You know, once you tune into that part of the universe, <laughs> which is your internal universe, once you tune into that, it just, you, it's, it's feeling. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You heard this about this charity and the feeling you had pulled you towards it, right? You're like, Oh, I need to check that out. So, and you're going to feel anybody listening is going to feel those same things. You know, it's, there's going to be something that will pull you towards the experience of wellness, um, total wellness, you know, and to listen to that because that's where the juice is. That's where the power is. And that's where you're going to get 
that's the place from which you will get well. Yes, it is. And I have to ask you and back up to so to tell the getting hit by lightning story. What, how, how does that happen? And what was that like? And what was the aftermath? And how did you heal from that? Yeah, wow, being hit by lightning, that was intense. Um, I was struck on Venice Beach, California. Um, with uh, I was with a close friend of mine, we got struck together. Um, so how's that for a bonding experience, right? <laughs> so, um, at any rate, uh, it was out of the blue lightning. So there was a storm way out at sea, many miles away that we could see. Um, but over us were just clouds. There were dark clouds, which in LA usually means absolutely nothing. <laughs> so because we just hardly ever get rain here. It didn't even look like the storm was heading our way. Um, and uh, anyway, all of a sudden, the, uh, the, the clouds started to discharge lightning. It was about 20 feet away from us. We're sitting in the wet water, the wet sand and the water, near the water line, rather. And um, the current, uh, I saw it hit my friend's head and all these jagged bolts around us. It was like being in a static electricity globe. You know what I'm talking about? Where the energy arcs, so as the energy was arcing over us. Mm-hmm. And went and hit people on the beach behind us as well. Because wow. we were in sand, and sand conducts, because it's, it's loose, it can conduct a lightning bolt for up to a mile. Wow. So it knocked out power all over the place. In fact, when we were taken to the hospital with um, Marina Del Rey, the hospital was out of power, and they actually hand-wrote the charts. <laughs> and it, you know, the whole thing took like six hours. They had to observe us, and then... Uh, track our hearts to see if if there was any damage to the heart because they say you know you can you can die usually the first 72 hours are pretty critical um, you may seem fine but your heart could just suddenly stop you know based on whether or not there's scar tissue damage in the heart from you know it's a direct current from a lightning bolt so it was pretty intense but for me it damaged three areas in my brain uh, the nerves and muscles in my legs and um, um, my salivary glands, my auditory nerve. Um, yeah, it was, it was really hard to come back from. So I still have issues from it. So how do you come back from a lightning strike? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, people don't really know what to tell you. The doctors have no idea what they're dealing with. Um, they know from, like, electrocution, that's, you know, 240 bolts of alternating current. Um, uh, but, you know, lightning bolt, they, there's no way to measure what happened or track where the energy went other than where's the damage. And that's not always easy to, to figure out. So what I did was I, um, I went to my chiropractor for the disc damage in my lower back. Um, and that's helped me tremendously. I also had, you know, damage here because it when you're struck, it's it's like being um, it was like being hit over the head with a heavy metal object. But what was really happening was all of the muscles seized from the electrical current, right? So um, I just remember seizing up like that, and then um, just being uh, immediately after had it felt like a sunburn on my brain and um, on my head. So it was an intense experience. So. Um, it was a one day at a time kind of thing. Um, there were many things that I couldn't do. I, well, I couldn't work anymore. 
I was put on disability. At that time, I was a celebrity chef doing private holistic chef work and um, was very successful at it. And was about to take on a new big client that week and had to call in sick with a lightning strike. So, oh, gosh. What an imagine. excuse. Right? Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. your doctor's notes as, uh, please excuse yeah. Meg, she had, was struck by lightning and people probably think, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's on the chart. <laughs> so I've, got, I've got the hospital state to prove it. <laughs> so, it's in the medical records, so uh, it must have happened. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was interesting when they brought the chart to, to the bedside and I looked at the coding, the medical code for it. They had coded me anxiety. And I looked at the doctor and I said, This is not anxiety, and I don't want that going on my record. I was just electrocuted. So he's like, oh, yeah, I guess I should change the code on that. (laughs) But that is something that your insurance will cover, is you getting struck by lightning and going to the emergency room to handle it emergently, which is where mainstream medicine shines, emergency care. But when it comes to the long-term type of healing that we're talking about, healing the health effects from deep childhood wounds, trauma that can occur as adult as well as an adult as well, then that really is an investment in, in your overall health is something that requires your time, your energy, your funds separately. And so how long ago did that happen? That was four and a half years ago, the lightning. That was pretty recent. And so talk, I I saw a little bit on your website about how this victimization can be set up as a child and then played out as an adult. Can you talk a little bit about that and how people understand the victim stance and how that works? Yeah. um, When you are victimized as a child, that victimization really becomes like a part of your subconscious mind. And um, the work of Dr. Candace Pert has shown us, um, who discovered the opiate receptor, shown us that, or what she said was that your unconscious mind is in every cell of your body. So, and I completely agree with her on that, just based on the work that I've done with clients over the years, that um, it's, it's in there, and but you can shift and change it. But my point was that as, when you're a child and then you're abused and you take on so much from that abuse that you don't realize you're taking on mm-hmm. um, feelings of unworthiness, of helplessness, of deep fear of being broken, um, of being unloved and uncared for. And so then you start to, your experience gets created out of this. You don't even, you don't realize you're doing it because again, it's unconscious. And so you might attract people into your life who are abusive towards you or you're abusive towards yourself. Um, one of the reasons I think we get sick, and I know this was my own personal reason, was I was pushing down anger and fear and sadness. I was pushing it down. And I think as humans, especially in our culture, we're, uh, we're almost told to push it down, push it away, don't look at it, don't think about it, just keep doing, doing, achieving, being, just do, do, do. Um, and the more you do that, the more your body's going to be crying out to you for assistance. And it's going to cry out to you in the form of illness. It's going to cry out to you in the form of 
experiences where you find yourself in, in an abusive relationship or uh, drinking wine all night. You know, that was my story at one point. I don't drink it at all anymore um, because it was just, it was, you know, it, we all have these go-to things that we use to numb our experience. Um, so those are some things, you know, like excessive shopping, um, uh, uh, you know, any Working, kind of spending, shopping, yeah. eating, sexing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sex and love addiction. Boy, that's a big one. You know, where you go from relationship to relationship and you're looking for validation. That's, that's really, I see that a lot with um, sexual abuse survivors. Um, and that's the main population I work with are high functioning women who are sexual abuse survivors. Um, so a lot of my, my people are, you know, they're, they're CEOs, they have big jobs or they, you know, they're, they're therapists or doctors. Um, and they're just like, ah, I, I can't do what I'm doing anymore. And I don't know how to undo all of this. And so I think a lot of people get to that point in their lives, you know? Yeah. And, and what's interesting is that a lot of these addictions are not even listed in the DSM. So they're not even recognized by the mainstream medical establishment, and yet they are ruining people's lives. We're, we're aware of opiate addiction. We're aware of tobacco addiction. We're aware of a small fraction of the things that are making people sick and really uh, disrupting their lives. And, and a lot or all of it, those are all numbing mechanisms yeah. to that childhood experience of abandonment, which trauma causes abandonment and shame. And I love Pia Melody's work. Uh, she has a, what is her book? Uh, Facing Codependence, where she really spells it out, how all of those childhood abandonment issues create a state of codependence, which really is the root of all addictions and mental illness. So anybody mm -hmm. listening who is not familiar with that, you may want to check that out. And Dr. Candace Pert, Molecules of Emotions, I, I agree with her that each cell in our body has its own consciousness and its own unconscious and yeah. that we're really programmed as children. So what you're talking about is so rich and the work that you're doing is so vital because there are very many millions of high functioning individuals, high functioning women who are suffering with these problems because they're not hearing about it at their doctor's office. And this is why I feel so passionate about doing this podcast, about doing the work that I do, because there's so much, Meg, that I know you know, that we women are not getting served in our doctor's offices that we need if we're going to heal and we're going to be optimally healthy and we're going to live happy, vital, creative lives and bring those unique gifts to the forefront so I get a little riled up. I don't apologize for it. No. <laughs> thank you. No. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're such a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, and I know that I could talk to you probably for hours. I got to look at the time though. Yeah. Um, I know. I feel the same way too. I <laughs> conversation is really necessary at this time in our, in our world. Yeah. And I'm going to put the link for everyone to go to your website. They can take the ACE quiz and you have some freebies there for them. Do you want to tell them about what you'll have there for them? 
Yeah, it's the 10 steps to overcoming the effects of victimization. And um, that's one of the, the, that's my ebook, the 10 steps to overcoming the effects of victimization. And then um, I have the ACE quiz. And then I also have a, um, uh, a recipe book, five, five anti-inflammatory recipes for, um, for people on the go, lunch recipes. Um, Cause I know a lot of people really struggle with lunch, you know, like, what do I eat? Um, and, but I think that's really critical though, is supporting your body with food that will actually help heal it. Um, everything has a frequency and the higher the frequency of the food, the, the better the frequency of the body, you know, it just, nutrition is, is key for helping to support you as you go through the mental, emotional, and spiritual evolution. Yes, I I agree. And you're going to be eating anyway. So you need to put high quality fuel into your body and make sure that you've got that right. I would love it if you could give our listeners the top three actions that they could take today, simple things that they could do to start working with maybe childhood adverse events or trauma in their life and their health. What would be the top three tips that you would give them? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, this isn't a small thing, but it's something you can do in any minute. And that's to to make that decision to take your healing into your own hands. I think it's the most valuable thing that you will ever do. Um, And from that, so many things will spring forth. So many things. So, and don't think of it as this big, overwhelming task. Um, you can look at it as, okay, this next step is all I need to do now is call that friend who was raving about the chiropractor and find out, you know, what can I do? Um, you know, can I get that number and talk to them? So it's just one step at a time, putting one foot in front of the other. It doesn't mean you have to make this radical change of everything overnight. If you're really sick, you may have to. Like if you have cancer or autoimmune disease, you, know, you can't get out of bed. You may have to go that route. Um, but you know, if the less overwhelmed you are by it, because you're already overwhelmed by your illness or or your um, you know whatever your um, pain points are, you're already overwhelmed by them, or you're getting to the point where you can't take it anymore. So. Um, so it's really taking your healing into your own hands, making that decision. And then the most important thing you've got is your power of choice. And so using, and I call it your lightning power of choice. So you're just, you are striking with that lightning power of choice and saying, okay, this is the choice I'm making here for my greater good. But from that, all things spring and, and wellness happens as you Wonderful. keep moving towards that. So. I, I love those. And I'm going to add a fourth because I think those are great. Okay. And I think that a lot of us who had trauma growing up think that things happen to us and that we remain victims as adults. And one action I'm going to challenge everybody listening to take is to start to realize the fact that you create your reality and that you're attracting those experiences. And you had talked about this earlier. I just want to put it in the action steps that you're attracting these experiences where you feel victimized again in order to call yourself to heal. 
and to start to reframe it. And then that can create a dialogue with yourself around why would I do that? And what is it that I want to heal? And what message is this bringing to me? So you've got four action steps to take. Thank you for that. And the name of the podcast is Her Brilliant Health Radio. How would you define Her Brilliant Health? Mm, Her Brilliant Health. Um, It's, I, Brilliant Health really is about you, the essence of you and who you are and getting to that and living that in the world. Because it's the, the who you are, you can describe it as your spiritual self, your higher self, your higher power, your, you know, it's, it's your energy. It's your energetic field and your own unique contribution. That brings more healing than you can ever possibly imagine. I love that. Who you really are and getting to that and what you uniquely bring. I love that. Thank you so much, Dr. Meg, for joining us today and for the work that you do. And I'm grateful for all the women you're going to help in the future and all the women who are hearing this, who you're helping. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Her Brilliant Health Radio. Hopefully you are inspired to take action on some new information you received today. A step towards the bountiful, blissful, beautiful vitality that you deserve. If you have health topics and questions you'd like addressed, please message me on my Facebook page or visit KieranDunstonMD.com and let me know. I'd love to help. Remember to share this podcast on social media and send it to your friends and family who could benefit from it too. If you love the show, please go right now to iTunes, write a review, and make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll be the first to know when future episodes are available. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, achieving optimal health isn't magic, it's science. Hey, gorgeous. Having trouble losing weight? Feeling tired, brain foggy, and just plain not like yourself? And you know your hormones are a part of the problem, but your doctor really doesn't have any answers for you and says it's normal for your age. The truth is, if you're a woman and not in tip-top 100% shape, then your hormones are always a part of the problem and you need to be properly tested and treated. You could be suffering from hormonal poverty, and that's a horrible place to live. Go now to thehormoneclub.com and find out how you can qualify to get your hormone levels properly tested and treated via telemedicine in your state provided by board-certified medical doctors. At thehormoneclub.com, we know that every woman deserves to be hormonally rich and enjoy all the benefits that this brings. At thehormoneclub.com, you'll get what you need to lose weight, regain energy, balance your hormones and your moods, feel sexy and confident, and master midlife. See you at thehormoneclub.com.